listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode nine of season four, and this one's called The Great White Tower. I'm your host, Detached. Hey, guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. We hope you guys are doing well wherever you are. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, share, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode. I don't know about you, Detach, but it feels like um, it's been like an entire year since we've recorded. Dude, it's been uh, an eternity. I almost forgot how to set up my audio just to get prepped for tonight, honestly. <laughs> I, I came up here about 30 minutes, actually more like 40 minutes before we even started recording, just because I felt so out of place. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been busy and just haven't had a chance to sync up a lot. So... Yeah, I, I probably took an extra 30, 35 minutes just to reset up all my audio uh, because what was it? Two and a half weeks ago, my laptop crashed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So not only have we been busy, I've had a machine I've had to rebuild from scratch because the operating system went corrupt and it corrupted my partition drives. It corrupt just everything. I was so mad, <laughs> like mad, mad, mad. Well, that, that's that's computers. I, I'm I'm waiting for one of my one of my towers to, or I should say, this one particular one I keep staring at every day, my my stream PC, to finally just decide to uh, keel over. Is it taking a beating? Well, it, it just it's it's very quirky. It's, it's one yeah. of those where you know you know exactly how to apply the duct tape and bubble gum. Every time it needs the duct tape and bubble gum and every time it yeah. works, but you always have to keep applying it. Yep. Keep it working. Yeah, I'm, you know, the laptop I've got is great. I don't have a workstation right now and I'm okay with it. Um, we just been busy and just have not had time and honestly just don't have finances to be able to do extra above taking care of houses that are really old i mean we've got an older home so <laughs> <laughs> maintenance it is maintenance time for this bad boy um getting into that fixer upper yeah it's it's been one thing after another but uh yeah uh, but in our time to not record i don't know about you but i've been playing a couple games quite a bit i've only been playing one which was that? That's great. Destiny. Oh, Destiny. Oh, that's right. You got back into it. I, I mixed a little bit of Assassin's Creed back in. I slowed down on my progress. I'm uh, 110 hours in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about level 40. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, it's a slow progress. I'm kind of taking it slow. Um, trying to find all the things. Uh, it's so hard for me not to play that game. And, and when I see a question mark on the screen, I, it, I can't just ride by it. I have to go find what it is. Yep. So I, I had to I had to temper myself a little bit to avoiding the the um, lesser question mark quest. I was like, ah, right. I can't. Uh, I'm going to go over here and explore. So, yeah, that game, that game is tough. But yeah, I've been back playing uh, Destiny for a little bit. New new season came out. Uh, they fixed a few things. Yeah, a little bit. Do you enjoying it so far? Like, is fi- finding anything that you know they could have done better about the season? 
it's not last season, so it is a thousand percent better. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> last season was so bad. Um, yeah. I mean, from a time standpoint, story standpoint, uh, grind that you have to put into it, uh, there's just no comparison. It feels like good old Destiny again. Nice. That's good. That's good to hear. Good to hear. You know, there's a few quirky things here and there, but uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, it it just kind of feels like good old fashioned Destiny grind. And I kind of like it. Nice. And from keeping up with the uh, the news on Twitter and just the announcements going on, it 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 very much feels like Destiny's reaching that that deep breath, that good deep breath in prep for. Um, the big the big hit of the next next expansion yeah they <clears throat> they needed a break honestly uh, they they didn't have a the last couple of seasons it just weren't weren't really that good and you know just the community even though it's destiny you know the destiny community and how they are they stick with the game really no matter what for the people that love the game but you're always you're always gonna have the people that don't enjoy it if it just doesn't provide instant gratification. Sure. Yep. So, yeah, I think they're in a good place. You know, they the last big stream that they did, they announced the next three expansions, mm -hmm. which good for them. Uh, they've got a really nice road roadmap, and I think uh, I think they're in a good place over the next few few weeks, few months to really drop some good stuff. Yeah. I, I did tune into that and it looked um, very promising for the sake of Destiny um, and and Bungie, uh, yeah, at least from a lore and um, uh, continuation of everything. And it sounds like going back to what uh, people enjoyed about Forsaken, really uh, going back yeah. to that a little bit more. Yeah, they're they're basically going back to that same model. So. I think I think all in all, Destiny's in a in a good spot. It's healthy. Good deal. Yeah, what are the couple of games you've been uh, jotting in playing? So I finally finished. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this last podcast. I don't think I did, but I finally finished um, Jedi Fallen Order on oh, nice. Grandmaster difficulty. And oh. uh, I say that and I, I keep pointing out the difficulty in that if you are a Dark Souls fan. I'm pretty sure I mentioned, but I'll continue mentioning. If you are a Dark Souls fan and enjoy the playthrough of Dark Souls games and the difficulty and punishment of those games, playing Jedi Fallen Order on Grandmaster is the way to go. It felt like I was that perfect combo where my my reaction time had to be perfect on not just enemies on, on not just bosses, but also every single enemy I came across. Um, there'd be ones where I, I would get you know, big head and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take on three guys. Nope. Or, and I really had to take a step back and focus them down one at a time and deal with their, their moves and the, and the difficulty in the story. So good. So good. Um, I think it's been talked about that the DLC is on the way. Look forward to that. Yeah, I did see something on that. Uh, I don't, I don't know that. Um, I can't say whether the way it'll be a 
here's story that should have taken place mid main story. Or here's here's DLC that you can go off and do if you're, you know, go back and write mid story. Or if it would be a continuation of story. So we'll see how they fit that in. But uh, that's cool. Beating that, I cannot recommend that game enough to anybody out there that enjoys just Star Wars alone with uh, with storytelling and RPG aspect of um, the combat. And it is so good. Um, and it looks looks gorgeous playing it on a PC. Um, I had nice. it maxed out. It looks so good. Played very well. I encountered one bug caused me to have to redo a save, but that was it. So not not a big deal there, but highly recommend that. And recently, as of a week ago, I have been hardcore playing some Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> um, never thought I would actually get into the game, but as I watched Dr. Lupa play more and more and more of it, um, that need to play a looting game which is basically the the dna of what tarkov is your your goal is to level up your character and get loot sure some people can turn it into like your goal is to take out as many other people as possible like the pvp aspect of it which is always there right sure you can take that way but at its core it's you get loot and you level and you skill up to, to continue on um so but just that just that uh constant constant risk and reward aspect is and it's completely guided up to you you could risk a lot by taking in some really good gear really good weapons have a chance to really cash out big or you could lose it all um because if you die all that loot is left in game you cannot get it back right uh you can insure it to have the possibility if nobody loots it off your corpse and takes it away from them back to their base, you get it back in 24 to 48 hours, but it's not a guarantee. So if you can go in something with like a really sparkly weapon, there's a big chance you're not going to give back even if you do insure it. Um, now is there, is there building in the game? There's not any building. It is, it is. It, if you played PUBG. Uh, yeah. the, the play style is very similar to that or Arma or, you know, realistic combat. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no, there is no mini map. There is no, no, you, you don't have an ammo counter. You don't have a uh, health meter. I mean, you have health on your person, but you have to check it inside a menu periodically. Right. Limbs can be broken. Uh, you can have fractures. You can have bleeding um, a whole different. There's a, great depth to the game of just the combat itself uh in how you interact you know how you treat you know, how you go for each instance of combat whether you ignore it whether you take them out one by one set up a defense however it may be now so, are you playing solo, solo or are you playing with a team right now it's solo um definitely looking out for trying to form up with teams as i've reached to a couple people reached out to a couple people that have and do play uh tarkov to see if we can get to team together because as in any instance, especially with one that more than likely you're going against other singles. If you have a team, you're much more likely to come out on top. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I see, I never was a fan of PUBG, 
because I hated the solo aspect of it. Yeah. But I may try Tarkov if we can play together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you asked and <laughs> just hop in my backpack. Uh, I only know one map at this time. It's taken me this long to get get where I know every part of the map and, and know where to go and know where the loot's at. Um, luckily, the Tarkov community is already knows and has maps and loot pools and you can go and look at the marketplace um because that's cool you don't unlock a market until you get to a certain level but even at you know it's at that point that it expands even more where you can start selling stuff and buying whatever you want off the marketplace and prices fluctuate you know it's basically like if you were world of warcraft and the you know uh you're, you're trying to sell something there and it has its own own economy there dictated by the want of need of people play the game so that's cool but uh so far i'm having fun with it i'm actually part of me wants to play it like right now because <laughs> <laughs> i'm that good huh play it like quite a bit so very nice yeah but uh well, that's um yeah that's cool i, I that's think kind of that's kind of been our... happened um in that time since we last recorded if i'm not mistaken oh. Uh yeah, just a lot. Just it was quite a bit, wasn't there? PlayStation conference, uh, the PC gaming conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot. There's been, <laughs> there's there's been a lot, and so there, uh, tons of announcements. This this may be a long one. We'll see. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to cover, guys. So uh, I think time to hop into our gaming topics uh, and just the news updates that we've got. Uh, and I think first off is our PlayStation conference and the games that we uh, personally the the list of things that you put together for the games uh definitely top tier yeah so yeah i mean just, just to just to talk about the conference itself um sony did well it was a it was a well-done conference um compared they to, did an amazing job yeah it, it was a well-done conference especially if you compare to the microsoft's third per, uh third party um yeah and I, I, we can't even call it a conference anymore. It's a live stream, like PlayStation it was live, stream. A live stream. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, compared to what Microsoft did with their third party, it was much better. But there also is, is a reason for that in that Microsoft split those two up. But the flow of it, it was complete. It was a constant buildup. And we knew it was coming. It was constant buildup to the reveal of what their system's going to look like. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. We'll jump into that quite yet as we're talking about games first. Yeah, I think I think overall the PlayStation conference just in general Sony put together a kind of a flawless setup. Yeah. They they drew their audience in even with their games. You know, even the games had this build up that was leading to the ultimate reveal and i think i think they they had a good timing they had a good mixture of games that they displayed so yeah i'm gonna if you had let's go top one and two games of, of the conference top one and two top just out of the those list could be equal got? they could be you know uh you know, switch positions, but top one and two games that you saw from that live stream that you're like, yes, 
Man, that's tough. Um, top one and two. I'm going to have to say Spider-Man and Godfall. You can see that? Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man, I think, just because of its open world, just the interactive abilities that you get to have in the game. And I love those open world feels. And then Godfall just looks flipping ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have... Ever since they announced it, I was like, wait, a medieval slashing looter? A, yeah. A schluter? Uh, uh, however we want to call it. Yeah, how do you, whatever you call it. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a hack and slash looter game. Yes. So uh, it looks ridiculous. Looks so good. And um, I hope we see more on the depth of either an RPG aspect or customizability. Uh, um a loot pool uh not yeah. not on the level of like borderlands but this needs to be where there's there's gear we work for there's legendary gear we work for out there in godfall well and my fear with these kind of games is the consoles are trying to put out a good mmo you know the depth of an mmo yes and with an mmo you've got to be able to have the backbone to process all of that just the depth and size of the worlds that go into these MMOs that we've played and passed off of a PC with the crafting systems, the armor systems, the upgrading, the, the level progression systems, the fighting, you name it. You take that over to a console and there's so many things that get limited in that instance. And I, I've seen it in the past, but we're talking brand new systems. So I hope Godfall, <clears throat> if they go that way with with kind of the MMO-ish hack and slash looter, then I hope, like you said, we've got, you know, the loopholes, the depth of game, the story that backs up what's going on. I hope it's not just a, you jump in and you start slashing through things and you pick up loot and literally that's all the game is. There's, like you said, there's just no depth to it. But We'll see. Uh, you know, a lot of these games fall into that trap and they they have this grand scheme. We're going to be this massive MMO-ish style game and it just it falls so short. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's my one worry for that. And it, this, I would say going back to the Spider-Man one, uh, you mentioned those two. Spider-Man one, I was actually hoping it would be on the levels of um how fallout 3 had the next not necessarily step up um just kind of upgraded game of fallout new vegas oh yeah and uh for all the spider-man fans out there that played the game i was hoping it was going to be that way and the way they presented it it did seem that but then they had to come back and clarify it no 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 wait it's not much smaller uh it's it's like a really large DLC for Spider-Man. Right. So which I think is which I think is ultimately going to be good uh -huh. still. You know, the the first game that they made for Spider-Man was just a fantastic. That is one that is one game that I actually did get to play on PlayStation and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um never finished it, but I did get to play it. But this one like they said with the sizing and the scale, even though they said it's going to be a large DLC, um, I think it's still going to be 
you know, a large playable area. But I think ultimately, um, they, they're kind of setting themselves up for maybe an area where they can do expansions in this game too. Sure. Yeah. Um, or, or to see in ways that, um, cause one thing that I, I could see Spider-Man, the game expanding upon is the technology of the next gen. Oh, like, absolutely. The actual Spider-Man two game that is next gen only. Um, which I, I cannot fathom that it doesn't already in progress to be existed to, to be next gen is going to be out of this world with what we will be able to do as Spider-Man inside a world that was being limited by previous technology. Yeah. You no, know, no, we're not talking graphical fidelity, but it's things it's loading of textures. It's um, the, well, I mean, you just, you think a frame rate that it takes to be able to load you know, the texture packs and stuff yeah. that go into, I mean, even something as simple as a texture that goes onto a concrete building or a metal, a metal building with glass in it. And maybe you're swinging by and you see that reflection in the glass. I mean, those are details that my brain thinks about, but you think previous consoles in the generation of technology that we had, some of that stuff has to be limited down to where you don't see the realistic lifestyle things that would happen in the real world to where I think we're going to start seeing some of the real world things actually come into these new com consoles. We would see those reflections. We would see those textures, you know, almost instantly. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just, just imagine it popped around in my mind. Like, I can't believe I didn't think of this is in Spider-Man you're swinging through uh, the city and you come across a skyscraper that is one of those that is almost solid glass all the way around. Oh, yeah. And because the next gen has ray tracing, you see your perfect image self you know, coming swinging into along or coming in. Like, uh, think of, we can think of Spider-Man 3, but we won't comment on the actual uh, quality of the movie, but there were several <laughs> scenes in it where you can see the reflection of Spider-Man, but that's that you could have that experience in yeah. the game perfectly uh you know perfect fidelity of your person mirrored to you in all the battle sequences and everything to that yeah i think it's a small part of what the potential of that game could be on oh absolutely next gen. yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think uh, i think we're just kind of seeing the beginning of this i mean you know we're we're talking two brand new systems getting ready to come out yeah, xbox and playstation being mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think the new technology that we're going to really see uh, is just going to be mind-boggling yeah yeah and, and honestly it it's kind of a, a restructuring in um a, i would say a grand evolution of how we've come to expect console gaming and the hardware inside of it to work together as a single entity to display the game that you're trying to do. Um, yeah. We're, we're not going to see, in some instances, we'll see a graphical fidelity increase, but it's more of an ease to get to that. It's, it's really going to be shown in your open worlds, your very little loading screens. No more need to uh, put in loading elevators. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, those, so. uh, those 
Yeah, all of that. Um, it, one game that I, I put on the list, I'm not a racing guy. Uh, it's been since Underground 2 of Need for Speed since I really got into a racing game. Been that long. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a throwback. <laughs> wow. Um, but the newest Gran Turismo that was shown off. Oh yeah. my goodness. It yeah. looked ridiculous. So good. And I, I'm telling everyone to this day, if I was a racing person and getting this on the next gen, I could not play this game unless I built myself a racing setup. Pedals, wheels, uh, you know, an ultra-wide TV sitting there just in front of me. Yeah. And it would look like and feel like I was in the game. Yeah, the the graphics and just the the overall, I don't know, just kind of the sensation that you got watching this thing was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But like you, I think just playing it on a regular TV with a controller just kind of defeats the whole purpose. Well, it, uh, it's like it looks so good. I would feel guilty about right. not setting up a system to get yeah. what it deserves. Now, I've I've played plenty of the old need for speed games on controllers Mm -hmm. Uh, a blast i I used to love those things Uh, but playing a racing game on an actual racing steering wheel with the pedals putting yourself in a seat there is just nothing like that immersiveness you know and um, sitting about a couple feet in front of a 60 70 inch tv or something or maybe you happen to come across one that was one of those ultra wides that spans around you know, if it's running on a PC, just it's an it's next level. It's like two levels above. Right, right. Or if you're, you know, like the guy from um, Unbox This, he had the had, did you did you see the triple monitor um, rotating frame setup they made for racing? I know the one you're referencing, but I didn't actually watch them build it or unpack it. Oh my goodness! It was like three. 42 inch or 357 inch Samsung something or another's. And it was a almost a 360 degree viewing area. <laughs> so you could literally turn and look over your left or right shoulder and it would show people to your left and to your right if you were racing. And all of the seats that or the seat that you could sit in had um like weight adjustments in it. So if I said in it, you could adjust it to my weight. If you said in it, it would readjust because you were taller. You were, it was completely ridiculous. It was like a $30,000 setup, but still. Yeah. And that got me thinking. Um, and I just, conf- I just locked up the article and it is confirmed to, for those that can't uh, afford that many TVs or that kind of setup. <laughs> right. Imagine playing the next Gran Turismo. You don't need any of that. Just get your steering wheel and get your pedals. But then you get the PSVR 2.0, which it looks like it's it's. Confirmed. Oh, so it does hook up through VR. It it uh, according to this article that I just pulled up. Uh, okay, awesome. Games Radar. It'll PSVR 2.0 support for Gran Turismo Seven. So playing a game like that in VR I think would be amazing. Yes. You know some of the <laughs> some of the exploration worlds and and different things that you see in the the VR spaces are, are a little cheesy to me, but 
if you can play a game like this and still have the graphic fidelity and, and immersiveness that you saw on a demo like what we saw, well worth it. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, and that's, that's why I put it on the list is um, I, I'm not a racing person, but oh my goodness, it does lean me to get that and, and race around in it because it would be so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really a racing guy either. Uh, you know, I, I would rather spend my time shooting things and, and figuring puzzles out and listening to a good story. Um, I've got a good friend of mine who who does like racing games. Like he's very technical with it. Um, he he actually he built himself a, a racing chair and got the pedals and he uh, he's part of this league and he actually goes and races against other you know racers and tries to get good times. I mean. There are people out there that, you know, they don't want to shoot things. They don't want to have an RPG aspect. They don't want to do uh, turn-based strategies. They want to hop into a car and 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 just their brain thinks on a different level. Yeah. So. Um, so we covered covered those uh, the beauty that is Gran Turismo. And one that came from left field and uh, didn't know one of those is presented to us that really nobody even thought to ask for. But now it is with a mighty need that I now want to play it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. Demon Souls remake. <clears throat> um, uh, I, from from how much I enjoyed and put so many hours into Dark Souls one, two, and three. I never did play the original Demon Souls, which was I did not either. The forefather to what we got in Dark Souls. But if it is anything close to what we saw with the, you know, a lot of it looked to be cinematics, and I probably all of it was. Uh, I think trailers. all of it was, yeah. But uh, I'm excited for it because it's uh, it's going back to that Souls type gameplay that. I've enjoyed. I actually own Sekiro, but I'm not holding this against it. It's just a different type of playstyle, different type of combat compared to what we are used to in Dark Souls, which is all about the dodge hit mechanic. Right. And yeah, Sekiro is right. not that. Right. It's not. Um, again, not a diss to the game. It's just that's why I have, right, to, pick it up, I have to get ready for that. Yeah, it's completely different. I have played it before, and you know there there are some aspects of it that are a little little bit alike. But like you, I loved Dark Souls, and though there were those moments playing that friggin' game where I wanted to throw my controller through the TV, but uh, it was it was such a good strategy and just just the need to be able to perfect, like you said. The dodges, the rolls, the timing, the understanding, and the mechanics. And if what we saw from Demon Souls, if we get any of that, even though we probably saw mostly cinematics, if we get any of that, I will definitely get the game. Yeah, I mean, just just me thinking about uh, a game remake that will hit next gen. Um, yeah. Of a Dark Souls series. Oh my goodness! Yes please absolutely yes, yes. Mm. um wait no real no real knowing of what to what level uh what we are calling is they're gonna gotta war it 
but um, I can't wait. I, I don't know that it has a date yet. They just announced it. Uh, um, yeah, I don't I don't think they gave a date for it. I think it was just the cinematic and the yeah. announcement that they were making it. Yep. I don't not a date for it. So, yeah, I can't can't wait for that. One. Cannot wait. Um, then another one. Uh, that I'm excited for because I haven't played the remake game, or I wouldn't even say a remake. It was a game that was made based on the movie that the movie was based on the game. <laughs> Weird, I know. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about Ratchet yeah. and Clank Rift Apart. Did you ever play the original game? I played the original, original uh, Ratchet and Clank right all up to the fourth one third or fourth one whichever one was up your arsenal i think that was mm, i think that was three three yeah i think that was three so that's how far i played up to and so i haven't played some after that but from what i heard the the one where it was redone is based on the movie somebody may say i was incorrect but i'm pretty sure i'm correct on that uh it was very well done very well done in how they brought that up um and now they're making one that's supposed to really take a hold of the speed that we're gaining out of the next gen in that you're able to basically seamlessly, according to the gameplay that we saw, seamlessly jump between realities uh, in how the next Ratchet and Clank storyline is supposed to go. Yeah, we'll see. I, I wasn't a big fan of Ratchet and Clank. But it was fun. This one looks interesting. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> I I hope, and this is what kept me playing Ratchet and Clank is the the gameplay was fun. It was um, I, I almost you want to use the word lighthearted, but it was it was just kind of um, uh, very freedom. I had a lot of freedom about it in how you wanted to go about the combat. Um, simplistic in a way, but what oh, it was the dish yeah, was, was the, <laughs> you had a wrench and you it did things, and sometimes a, uh, a weapon, and, and you got gears. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, uh, sometimes that you know you used to upgrade things, and that was the that was the big aspect because you used it to upgrade and level up your weapons. That's what kept me going. Was all right, all right, my next weapon. Oh, okay, it's this uh, sheep turns them into sheep, and then you got to upgrade that, and then or the next one is oh. It uh, it freezes them in spots, you know, all these different kinds of wild weapons, which was a big draw because you could figure out what the next one does. And it it completely changed battle um, fights if you're using a particular weapon. So uh, besides the besides the jumping between worlds, it's uh, I don't we didn't show a whole lot. They said there's going to be you know a great variety of weapons as keeping to the tune of Ratchet and Clank. And, and it looks like. Possibly even a, a female ratchet character coming into play. So I did. I did see that. Yep. We'll see how that plays out there. But. Yeah, th this was one that didn't really catch my attention. Um, yeah, but I will say the next one we have on our list, Tina. Tina is. Yeah, that one caught my attention. I think. <laughs> This just looks like a cute game. 
Yes. It really does. Uh, so if you, if you guys are wondering, it's called Kena Bridge of Spirits. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really just kind of down my alleyway. It's a, it's a story-driven adventure. Uh, what immediately Does, came to mind when um, when we were yeah, go ahead. we were co-hosting it was Pikmin combined with yes. God of War combined with Horizon. Yeah, that right there. Absolutely. <laughs> it it really did. It reminded me of like a cartoon version of Horizon. Even though Horizon had a cartoonish feel mm-hmm. in the way the visuals were done, it was a very serious story. And this one, just the creatures, the world, uh, honestly, just the color variations that we got in the game that you got to see really reminded me of Ori. Yes. Yep. Um, It was just visually attractive. It was visually stunning in the way they kind of brought everything together. And just the little creatures that she, whatever those little black things with the big cute eyes were. Oh, my gosh. Instant merchandising right there oh my gosh yes whatever those little things are there's gonna be little plushies of those things that come out everywhere (laughs) i need i need like two little black big-eyed kina plushies on on the you know on my desk yes yeah that's immediately like well that's easy marketing right there somebody make that that was the first thing my daughter saw when she came in she was watching and she's like i don't know what that game is i don't know what system is this for but i want that one <laughs> i want one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. uh just looking at that i hope that the story has the weight of the story of when i played through ori i'm or i'm you know a little ways into ori and the blind mm-hmm. forest but even the first part like, oof, man, it hits hard or, in the first like two minutes. Yeah, Ori's emotional. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have not played Ori, then go back and play it. If you if you love story driven games, uh, you know, if you love games that you know, some puzzles that you have to figure out and some things that you have to do, but honestly, the story is worth waiting through all that. Yep. Yep. Figuring all the puzzles and you get that little tidbit of story and you're like, oh. Whoa. Yeah, I, I, for Kina uh, and uh, Bridge of Spirits to be, yeah, I would, heck, it could even be game of the year in some aspects. It needs that story. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Weighted story. Um, Now, this is chalking it up that the gameplay will match to what little samples we've seen. The, the graphical, uh, art style that they've chosen already has me hooked on it because uh, I, I do enjoy when creators and developers go that way with the art style, but allow allow it to really um, be its own and create vibrant worlds of this different art style than just realistic like uh, you know art styles. So yeah, yeah, it looked it looked very immersive. Yeah, I. Looking forward to a 2020 release. Uh, it'll be PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Windows. Windows, so, yeah. Oh. Sorry, all those that are getting the uh, Xbox Series X. I'll have to play on PC. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that one. <laughs> uh, and then from, you know, the, the capstone of games, 
for the conference or live stream was uh and, and some correctly guessed it that it was going to be announced was horizon 2 because we heard the rumors we heard talks about it but they officially announced it horizon 2 forbidden west yeah and it looks so good yeah uh, go i want to go i want to go back and play the first one uh that's the first thing i am so i am already set that i will be a playstation 5 owner at release um i will not be getting a series x until later mostly because i have a system that and because of their uh architect of play anywhere with their game pass i yep. basically already have a, a series x in 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 certain instances but i one of the first things i will be doing is going through and playing horizon one because i've mm -hmm. done the best to my ability of staying away from spoilers or um grand storyline of horizon um i've seen some of the end game but i can't even remember the details um about it yeah, I've so, I've watched maybe 10 minutes of gameplay of of the original Horizon because I knew it was going to be one that I actually wanted to play. Yep. So and it's going to be like a you, great time to know that as soon as we get done with Horizon 2 or Horizon 1, we get like, all right, let's go on with Horizon 2. Uh, on to number two. Yes. Uh, yeah. Same, <laughs> same for me, like you. I'm I'll be going uh PS5 as well. I'll 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 stick with my Xbox. Uh I'll get an X one of these days, but uh yeah, right out of the gate definitely gonna be going at ps5 yep. just too many good things coming out on it not to yes and like you uh you know i've i've got a windows machine and uh anything that uh i've got on my game pass i can basically play over my windows machine yeah um so yeah that I don't know if you that kind of wraps other. up our games. Yeah. No, no, no. Just just for the the conference itself. I think the PlayStation conference, those were the main games that really stood out to me. Um, I think I think we talk about the actual system. Yeah. Hold on. This was kind of the this was kind of the grand lead up to things. Hold on just a second. Okay, sorry. Thought I woke up. No worries. <clears throat> Gives me a chance to uh, take another drink of water and clear my throat. All right. Just go ahead and start back in with your lead into the console.
All right. So with games being covered now, I think it's time for us to jump into the actual PS5 and the big reveal that PlayStation did with it. You know, they they kind of did the whole put you on the edge of your seat. They made you wait until the very end to really show you what the thing was going to look like, what the peripherals were going to be, the price. I mean, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Well, and the. It was just it was you know one big reveal up to to show off the PlayStation the console itself, um, and it, it is really the polar opposite of what Xbox of what Microsoft went with Xbox. Yeah, completely. <laughs> it is. With, with yeah, design style. I mean, what, yeah. what what are your thoughts? What what did you think when you saw? The, that white tower sitting there that literally looked like a white version of um, Black Tower and Mordor. You know, Sony is <laughs> Sony is really trying to outdo things. They really are. Um, I think I think going with the white style that we've seen, it's sleek. They're trying to get the market quick. And I think, I think they are going to grab a lot of attention, but honestly with their peripherals and uh, just the, the gear that they stuck inside this thing, uh, man, I don't know. I think, I think they've got a leg over Microsoft right now. I really do. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that, that really comes down to what is your preferred art style? You know, people, because it is the polar opposite, people are like, no, because of this, I'm going with the Xbox. I like the simplicity right. of it. Or, whoa, this thing looks so cool. I mean, it's going to be a great thing to look at on the on the uh, entertainment system or, or however, you know, wherever you display it at. It's one of the things where you want to display it off and not just hide it in a closet. Right. I mean... You know, look at what Xbox did over the last few years. It's literally just a box that they put a color on. And there's just, you know, my Xbox is stuck under <laughs> stuck under the entertainment center. It's just it's not eye appealing. Yeah. The the PS5, it looks like a new age piece of tech that you would stick yeah. on a desk. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, if you look at look at Alienware and, and some of the sleek designs that Alienware came out with. I mean, PS5 almost has that Alienware look to it. Mm-hmm. So, heck yeah, I want a PS5. I want to show it. I want to stick it on my desk. I want all the fancy lights on it. Heck yes. <laughs> uh, the LED package is an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wrap that thing in Christmas lights, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and they did something that Microsoft has teased, but not actually announced yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but very well will be happening because of the the way they're going, and and even the naming convention of Series X is notating. But PS5 went ahead and, and showed that at launch you will be able to choose either a optical drive, and what we mean by optical is a disc, where you can put yeah. a disc in the device, or your digital only. You have no access to be able to put a disc in the device. Um, 
And I, I honestly think the discless PS5 will sell more because, I mean, like myself, I'm all digital. I don't buy Same. physical games anymore at all. Even my Switch, I've for, for when I got my Switch, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get the console cases, or I'm going to get the, the, the cartridge cases and hold them and carry them with me. And I was like, this is really inconvenient. I got to take the cartridges out and put the next one in. <laughs> I'm used to being on my computer or my Xbox where just my library is there. Yeah, you just click on it and it loads. It just, so it just yes. goes. Um, with that, and then on top of, if you're that type of person, you're going to get it cheaper. There, I mean, there is right. There is no reason why they would make that. Like it would be illogical of them to make it the same price as the optical drive version. Well, and the the thing that really stands out to me is if you get the optical drive version of it, and you don't go all digital, then you've got this weird. I mean, you've got this really sleek looking machine, and then on the front you've got this weird little black slit. <laughs> off of the side yeah and it's just it's it looks like a massive eyesore i mean when you look at it it's the first thing you see so it really just takes away from the aesthetics if you ask me uh, and like you almost every gamer out there doesn't go to a game shop anymore and buy a physical disc yeah i don't remember the last time that i have ever bought a physical disc i think the last time was maybe early xbox 360 era yeah, I think the only physical disc I had were when I first got my Xbox One. And that came with the box itself. At right. that point, I was buying digital only. I started buying digital only probably at Xbox 360, 360. Early Xbox 360 era. Yeah. I think the I think the last physical disc that I got was Halo, the Halo 2 special edition metal case oh nice when it came out yep. for xbox 360 i think that was the last thing i picked up wow it was a long time ago but i will definitely be going discless yeah same it, and also it'll be cheaper so it'd be a lot easier to um you know convince the boss to, to, to buy <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> the the atm the atm opens up a lot easier when that's cheaper yes yes it does when it's cheaper um but then you know i completely agree with you the discless would look so much better mostly because i'm symmetrically ocd so i like things to look the same on the left and the right or the top and the bottom whichever one or the other uh so it looks yes that'll look perfect um one thing i had against the ps4 because I played on it a couple times, but I could never get over the kind of thinness of the controller itself. Never felt, it didn't feel right. It never felt good in my hands. Right. Um, that's also why I've loved the uh, the Elite controller for the Xbox is because it's felt so good. It has good weight to it, um, and it the ergonomics of it. Um, that's my big word for the day is you know perfect for a guy that has a big hands like me uh for that and it, you, you can hear that also that that critique across across everywhere is you know the elite always felt good the regular ps4 controller never felt that way but it looks like they've learned their lesson 
for this new controller. Yeah, I think I think I think they have. Yeah, it looks great, and you know I want to get my hands on it and actually test it and feel it. Yeah. Um, you know I've played with Xbox controller for years, and like you, the Elite. I don't I don't have an Elite, but I've played with them before, and just they feel good. Um, but the original PlayStation controllers, you know, the three and the four, they're just something about the shape and the way it fit my hands. Functionally, it didn't work. It didn't feel good. It didn't work good. I hated the button layout. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was one thing that touted a lot of the new tech that's going into the controller itself. So um, one thing that had me worried about the way Sony's going with their uh, peripheral and everything is they're being they're still siloing themselves with how their architecture and the overall plan is going. Whereas very different compared to Microsoft. Yes, they're releasing very powerful console. Yeah. But they're really focused on making their game pass library. The strongest out there. And making it where you can play it on the Xbox or any of the systems that go with it, probably in the future the next stream xbox whatever they call it where it's not the hardware it streams it but you can also play it on pc right um i see them uh, they're not going to you know it's not going to be hit to them when they lose this next console war if you want to say there's one happening you know when it (laughs) undersells the playstation 5 i'm not going to be surprised it's not going to be hurt to microsoft it's because they've put their eggs in a different basket or moved some of them over. Yeah. Fortunately, I don't see Sony doing that. It has me a little no. worried that it might bite them down the road when, when Netflix or you see the, you know, Netflix of gaming becomes a thing, right? Where. Well, that's uh, not far away. Yeah. It's not that far away where, we move away from physical hardware. We move away from being, okay, here's just a console. We get, here's a system that can play games. Here's a, you know, it's, it's not all about, it's not all about making the console. People, they, the people out there can make the games according to a certain spec. Then it's up to the different companies out there to make a console that can play it. Yeah. Well, and, and really what I, what I see happening is Xbox continuing down the, the multi-path that they're going, you know, the multi-different systems, the, the cross-play, the, uh, you'll be able to play it over Windows. You'll be able to do the massive Game Pass. So I don't see that stopping. I see that full steam ahead. I see them pumping money into it, growing it, making it bigger. You know, Xbox is on a two-way street right now, and I see PlayStation on a one-way street. Yeah. Um, completely different models. Not that Sony is not going to be successful, um, but I think that one-way street, they're going to hit a lot of bumps, and they're going to come to a place where their R&D and, and what they have to do to catch up on the other end of that, that second street that they haven't gone down uh, is going to 
is going to hurt them in the long run. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can say the consoles are reaching the point where they're basically just PCs, but really a lot of the technology that goes into it is custom made. The, the, everything is now basically on one board, one circuit board to make processing of information almost instantaneous. Um, right. Unmeasurable how fast it's going. Unmeasurable and how quickly it gets processed. But uh, yeah, I, so when I when I'm right across that, they're like, oh, there's all these peripherals and everything. And it's like all of it. Great. Awesome. Love it. I love the new headsets. All of it looks sleek, looked fantastic. But I'm. What the future, right? Let's look another five years down the road. Right. Um, they have PlayStation now and they have some uh, ability to play on different things, but it's not near the push and the adoption rate that is what xbox has done with xbox pass or game pass excuse me yeah microsoft really capitalized on that that market for sure yeah so yeah like you i that's the one thing that really kind of stood out to me is what uh what their future looks like i i definitely think the ps5 will outsell the microsoft um x box but we'll see yeah i mean who knows maybe when they get around to actually announcing what the other um other siblings to the series x will be uh it'll we'll we'll see how it takes off because they did hint at was it e3 of last year when they first announced the series x that there would be a kind of streaming box because they're trying to go that direction as well yeah stream from their servers which would be nothing but basically architecture to play just like a series x inside their data centers yeah what we'll see on that um one thing they didn't show for the ps5 is price yeah well there's a lot of speculation out there right now about it so much but no they did not announce it and you know good for them i i'm honestly gonna say good for them for not releasing the price yet think so keep uh, keep it a mystery Uh, i think i think they're i think they're doing okay um i think i think the speculation buildup is is helping them out i think it's building good hype in the community right now i can see that um has me a little worried we're about five and a half months away from i would say actually less than five to the holiday season of 2020 and uh makes me wonder how long if they are actually playing this kind of well who's going to say the price first who's going to do it who's on Mm -hmm. because that's i mean it has outright been admitted that's that what sony did last gen is they waited for microsoft to reveal the price of theirs yeah and then undercut undercut it and i think that's probably what they're doing right now you know, Microsoft Maybe. is probably playing a little bit of that game as well. Maybe. Yeah, and, and that's what Microsoft's like, oh, no, we're not being drawn into this. But you have to <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this again. Yeah, we're not doing this again, <laughs> where it's like, uh, and Xbox and Microsoft has to know that um, because they have to know that because of the architect and the way they've gone with gaming now, it's not going to sell as well. 
not going to be a bad thing yeah. that it isn't sellable, but it's not going to sell as well. Yep. Just like my logic of I'm going PlayStation 5 because I basically already am set up to play all the next gen games because I know they're going to be either multi console or if they're exclusive, mm-hmm. they're going to be Xbox Pass. Yep. Which I've already yeah. got the Xbox Pass. Yeah. So um, I am curious what you think the price will be, PlayStation 5. Well, looking at historical data, I mean, the PS4 came out at what, $499? I think it was four ninety nine. Yeah, PS three was the stupid expensive one for its time period. Yeah, yeah, which hurt them. Yeah, big time. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, looking at the system you're getting, I'm thinking around five ninety nine. Okay, so you're thinking a six hundred dollar console. I'm thinking probably around a six hundred dollar console. Okay. Yep, the PS four did launch at three ninety nine. Wow. Um, okay so so yeah that was the stupid expensive one all right just ps3 ps3 launched at 599 so 600 dollars, which hurt it and then what really adopted people back into the uh, playstation family was the price of the ps4 over 399 because that undercut the xbox by a hundred bucks right so um i'm gonna put my money on 500 for the base system and 450 for the um, digital only for the digital only yep. yeah i i cannot expect them to drop the price more than more than 50 bucks for just losing optical drive yes it is a 4k capability um ultra blu-ray you know, all that it's the top tier ability but still i i cannot expect them to drop more than 50 bucks on it yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't think it would go any less than 50 but oh we'll yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking the high side maybe right of them going up at the higher end yeah i'm thinking um I'm, I'm gonna go the i'm gonna go the high route okay for how much tech they stuffed into these things no it's ridiculous i i can see that being the price it depends yeah. on, on what they were able to work out with the company um in how how easily they were able to develop and get this um, tech all put together for yeah. for it. Same goes with the well, Xbox. Kind of goes back to the production numbers too. Like mm-hmm. how many of these things are coming out for the holiday season, and how many are coming out next year. Right. So I think I you know I definitely think we will see a price drop, but may not be may not be right after uh, the holiday season. Yep. So it's good stuff. Yep. All in all. All right. Good, good, good live stream. Uh, yeah. Somebody did comment one time. They were a little concerned that they Sony kept advertising as gaming of the future. But yes, there were several that showed off the future, but others were just evolution of games. So um, people, some people thought it should have been a showing off of the technology of what the next gen could do instead of showing off just what the next games are. Uh, in some ways I, I agree. Can, in I mean, some ways it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they said game in the future, but also what they showed was really, really good. It was, I, I mean, I see both their points. Yep. I think showing some of the games 
uh, shows some of the future. But again, I, I, I like the hardware. So I would like to see what the hardware can do. Well, that was the PlayStation. That was PlayStation conference. Yep. And like a couple days after that, we had actually with the whole summer gaming fest going on, it was nonstop um, new announcements or everything. But really, the next live big live stream didn't take place till PC gaming. Uh, and I don't. I only pulled about three games from that. Um, from the PC conference, PC gaming conference that uh, don't necessarily play any of their predecessors or even played that are now, you know, they're getting expansions or anything like that. But um, for all those that do, uh, I was happy and pleased with what I saw of the games for those that do play them. Yeah, I think, I I think what we saw was good. Uh, Nothing really stood out to me that I would want to get uh, and this this first one that we've got on our list, if I remember right, was a DLC to the already existing game. Correct. Right. Yep. Yeah. Which which is Elite Dangerous. Uh, the DLC is called Odyssey. Yep. And, and basically, yeah. it, it looks like it's finally going to let those that have played Elite Dangerous. Go walking on planets. Yeah, they, they now have interstellar uh, travel. <laughs> yeah. Being able to, instead of just being in the ship and going from planet to planet and exploring and, and doing all this, you finally get to land your ship and go down on the ground. So basically yeah. going all no man's sky with it. Uh, you know, you know, exploring all the different uh, landscapes out there. Which that's, that's one thing they will have to nail. They cannot do like <laughs> the... Uh, very monotonous exploration that was Mass Effect One. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> that brings planet back headaches. The same. It did. <laughs> yeah, so many headaches out of that game. Yep. But uh, they they get that, and it'll be a fantastic um, expansion for those that play Elite Dangerous out there. Didn't see any gameplay. It was all cinematic, but uh, very huge potential really for for the expansion of that game and what you can do in it yeah i think i think for people that are a fan of uh the dangerous uh, it's good stuff coming yeah uh, like i said nothing really stood out for me now out of all the games we've got listed uh, our next one is the only one that i have ever played the predecessors to which is torchlight yep same here same here yeah the uh uh, which which torchlight did you play? The original. Oh, torchlight one. Wow. Yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> uh, I think I've got torchlight two in Steam somewhere, but I never played it. Yeah, I mean, at different points in time, it, it's hit free, or you know, like I played it when I got and purchased the Nvidia Shield, and was owner of the Shield for a time. Wow. Uh. For an RPG, it actually, for how they coded it and created uh, for, for its mechanics, it played very well on a tablet. That's cool. The, the mechanics were on, you know, the your controls were on screen. And yes, you could hook up a controller and play that way, but it played very well. Graphics looked 
gorgeous and very easy to play on a on tablet's processing power. And I can confirm it looks so much better on a PC. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. The um, top down mechanics of it for an RPG, it, I had fun with it. And, and I, from what you, we see with just the single trailer of Torchlight 3, it looks good. Yeah. They're just spending on more of it. They're just opening up the world and expanding more on the story, I think. Uh, I was just going back and looking. The original Torchlight, Torchlight 1, came out in 2009. Okay. Torchlight 2 came out in 2012. Yep. So you only got a three-year span uh, between the first two. And Torchlight 3 is quite some time later. <laughs> yeah. Look at uh, eight, eight, almost nine years, depending on when almost, they release it. Yeah, almost nine years. So. But I, I, I do enjoy a top-down RPG game. Uh, if if they're done correctly, they are a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, they are. I mean, this one, uh, the art style was one that you could easily get into. It wasn't uh, just vibrant and, and very lively art style to it. Uh, and then you integrate that with a good fight mechanic with it. I mean, you're just this you can choose your class and you, you fight monsters throughout the worlds. So it doesn't have like uh, any type of the turn-based system. It's just you fight monsters and go on your way and there's bosses and uh, yeah. It's just just a good RPG and I hope they do continue that with Torchlight 3. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, the last one we've got listed here is actually Everspace 2. Mm-hmm. And I, <clears throat> I haven't really had good luck with the space exploration games that are kind of the, the shooter, the shooter games of the, that genre. It's just not been that fun. <laughs> uh, you, just, you just don't have the VR yet for it. Uh, you know, if, if I had VR for a space shooter, then yes, I would absolutely jump into that. That would be a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, so, so as, as is stated by the two, it's, um, the next step for Everspace, which I do apologize is Everspace is the one, yes, Everspace is the one that you much easier to get into with aspects of space flight and it's a speed up things that make it uh, faster to adopt to whereas yes. elite dangerous is much more space sim. massive yeah it's more of a simulation game yeah. to whereas everspace has an rpg it kind of the, kind of the old school classic rpg but you're in a spaceship yeah i gotta say kind it looks old... uh let's see here Oh, no, that's old gameplay. I don't know that they've released gameplay after the cinematic trailer that we saw. But, I don't um, think so. I think we're supposed to get early access uh, December this year. December? I yeah. think so. The trailer that was out there is labeled as early alpha gameplay. So that can basically mean nothing, really, <laughs> because it's it's alpha. So anything is subject to change. But what is shown on there is really good. 
Yeah, really yeah no, it looked fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And uh, Steam did confirm the initial release date is September of 2020. Interesting. Okay. But it looks like that's been updated and Steam is going to have an early access for December of 2020. Okay. So this may be a early 2021 release. Yeah. Just another one of those where uh, you'll be able to put up the full price and play it early with the knowledge that uh, there's going to be a lot of bugs. So, uh, yeah, and, I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Or, or, and well, I should say the added to that is you'll see much faster updates as they reach their 1.0 release of the game. So, but uh, yeah, it looked, uh, uh, those three games were the ones for different aspects that I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. For all those out there that play those, I'm happy for you. They look great. I mean, they had a lot of, a lot of indie games shown off during the PC game conference. Uh, I figured that's what the PC game would be mostly of yeah. is the indie stuff. It, it really is. It really is. They, they give light to all those indie developers out there and, uh, you know, I would say 90% of the games look great and had my interest uh, for me to check out, you know, when they do hit, you know, at least um, if possible, I would see about playing them if, if I had time, which is really the biggest deciding factor of if I pay <laughs> attention to the game. It's like, ah, that's going to require a lot of time. I'm sorry. It looks great. I probably love it, but I'm playing yeah. other games. Absolutely. So. I mean, that, that kind of wraps up the PC gaming conference section. Yep. Uh, I think uh, next up is our EA Play. And really the only thing to talk about out of that is Star Wars Squadron. Yes. Uh, that there was, uh, I would say before we get to that, there's just quick notes. Um, it was impressive that several of the ga other games they talked about, they would are pushing for or are announcing cross playability with uh the one they i wish to say the one the one they did talk with and, and start the uh live stream with was apex going cross play which is and that's that's actually really cool yeah it is, uh, it is apex fantastic. has done a really good job well and if game. you uh if you one game that they at launch did such a good job with cross play dauntless Dauntless was fantastic. Yeah, it was at launch and you could just you could play. You could see, hey, I'm playing with a PC and a PlayStation and the Xbox and a um mm -hmm. player. And here we go. We're gonna go fight a monster. So it was great. And it wasn't buggy. Uh -uh. That was that was the best part about it. Is uh usually the the crossplay games like that have a real long entry time of trying to figure out well, why isn't this system working or um, something's not loading right. So that was, you know, Apex did that. I think there was two other games that they announced at EA Play that they said right off the bat will be cross-play uh, uh, able. Um, if not, I think they said they were moving towards cross-play with Squadron. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think Squadrons will be cross-play. Let's see here. I think that was the big one. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, squadrons will support full crossplay. There we go. Full crossplay. Yeah, I was just looking it up. So, yeah, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows. Uh, it doesn't say Switch on here. I'd be a little worried about the Switch trying to play Squadrons. 
<laughs> trying, to, trying to play squadrons on the switch could you imagine that that's so pixelated <laughs> uh, right i mean they, they've moved over this witcher to the switch and it just if you've oh, ever even seen it terrible. played on pc and xbox it just it's so bad, so bad. it's so bad so bad yeah yeah it was yeah one of the worst games you could ever play on the switch yeah just switch switch does a lot of things good and it's great for on the go and it's uh, for the games you can get mobile but some games out there just require more oomph from the hardware yep you gotta have you gotta have the big beast of a machine to play some of these yep so uh but back to squadron um everybody was a little hesitant because uh it got leaked five days before the event maybe it was a whole week uh, yeah about a week about a week um i i firmly believe that it was supposed to be a wow moment for ea played live maybe not it wasn't a wow moment well yeah it it was supposed to be a wow moment like nobody saw this coming here's squadrons oh cool this is really awesome stuff you know they're supposed to show it off but it leaked and then they had to release the trailer for it that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. so it's a little bit of tinfoil hat but whatever um i could be absolutely wrong and so we we did get the trailer and we were like oh okay we're okay guys where are you going with this and people were excited because they they were seeing some hints of going back to the x-wing and tie fighter type combat or, or and their love for when they used to play that but uh what we saw in the actual gameplay so far well done yeah i think i think the actual gameplay that we got to see uh, it's pretty on point yeah uh i'm always kind of hesitant with the star wars games he's done okay but not great so I'll I'll kind of stay on the reserved side for this one. I'll, I'll let it come out and I'll let it come out and I'll watch a few things, see what happens. Um, but promising so far. I did I did really like the trailer. I liked what I was seeing. Again, it, it kind of comes down to the story and where they're going to go with it. Yes, and that's the one thing people were were interested in like, is how much story will be in it. Um, how will a combat be? Because from the trailer, it was very heavily hinting at a five on five type scenario. Right. Um, and to some criticize, you know, critique that in saying that they have to be careful of this because if you have a weighted five on five team and you have these pros come in that are just stupid good at the game, it's going to be a raffle stomp of of the other team to the point where it's just no longer fun to play the game because there's a good chance you're going to get paired against this team. So, yeah. And just get steamrolled. Yeah. Just steamrolled. So I hope in how they do PVP and you know, all that it's, it's worked out well, ranking systems, get those in there. So where only the top tiers are playing against the top tiers. Um, that's one thing that i i think back to the halo days if you went into competitive oh yeah you went into competitive and you wanted to be in there it was top tier you had your rank 
And the higher rank you got, the harder it got for you. The tougher it was. The tougher it yeah. was. I mean, it basically forced you to learn how to get better. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you lost, you dropped down a little bit, and then you kind of just started sitting in your little zone. Some people didn't like that. Some people lose ranks to play against lowers. And then you had your kind of just queue up whenever you want. If you have a team, great. Um, go from there. Uh, and it seems like they're really taking an interesting fact into uh, these encounters you go into. You're going to have to pick between and you should have a good complement of team of different ships to complete the task. Which I thought was yeah. really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, the one thing I did read that I thought was interesting is they said the game's story is actually going to be set after the Return of Jedi. Yes. So pretty cool storyline if they if they kind of follow that uh, history path and where they're uh, where they're going to go after that movie. I think it's going to be good. Yep. Um, and it's, it's all going to come down to replayability. What is going to keep us hooked to continually playing this game for those that pick it up or, or however it may be to. Actually, so that's the first comment I have. I have another one. Is replayability because <laughs> I was just thinking about it and I made this comment before. And then also, uh, it is shocking that this type of game is going to be released at 40 bucks. Yeah, uh, 40 bucks is crazy cheap. Yep. And take it with a grain of salt. But then they said, hey, no microtransactions. I I don't understand how they're going to make money. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us, and I'm skeptical. I'm like, yay, come on. You said that before, and then they're like, oh, but there's kind of this store on there. Right. I would be absolutely okay with it 100% if you had a store that was all about buying cosmetics to pimp out your Starfighter, or your TIE Fighter, or your X-Wing, or whatever it may be, right? Put the stickers on the on the fuselage as you fly by or hey there is this rainbow tie fighter flying at me or whatever it want to be like i'm perfectly okay with that like i for a game to continue to develop it it needs income to continue that development it can't just release and done yeah it can't be free right (laughs) it's gotta it's gotta have some some type of monetization to it uh whether and the current model is is we can't go over 60 bucks or that's always got to be a base around there for a triple A. Then you have a monetization after that, or you do like some games where it's free to play. Then you have a cosmetic system Fortnite, right, right there. Right. Some, Doesn't you affect know, your some type of pack. Yeah. Battle packs. That's another one. Is it going to be a seasonal thing where you can go spend 10, 15 bucks every month and a half? to enjoy the next season, whatever it may be. So. Um, big question there. Big question of how they're going to monetize that. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to stay on the reserve side for this one. Um, but we'll see how everything goes. Yeah. Did they give a release date for this one? I think it was October. Yeah, it was October. Did they? Yeah, October 2020. That's right. I was kind of shocked. I was like, really? Okay. And props to them for doing the cockpits 
right? There is no heads up display. <laughs> Your yes. instruments are just as if you were flying those starfighters yourself. Yep. So it's a first person star combat game. Yes. Which I love. I hate the third party flying in in, in, in space games. It is so stupid. It it doesn't look real. It feels odd. It's basically cheating. Yep. So all those. Oh, also joystick support um, as well. So all those out there, dust off your flight sticks, get them ready. Um, Get your VR headsets ready as well, because that will also be available. And I can say from playing, there was a Star Wars demo. Um, it was kind of a it was Battlefront, I think, VR demo that I played and, and played it with a PlayStation VR. And all my words, sitting in an X-Wing and being able to look around, look up <laughs> as I fly <laughs> under yeah. a, a Mon Calamari cruiser and seeing the details on the ship. Uh, it was so cool. And, and I'm thinking about this as I were to have that with this game. Oh, my. So good. So good. Yeah. So, all right, I kind of snuck this next one in on us. It had nothing to do with any of the conferences. Did not. Uh, It was actually, well, there was a leak back in 2019, and there was a little hint in E3 2019, but then it kind of went dead. And about three weeks ago, there was a hint again that this game was actually going to be happening. Now, there's nothing really confirmed out there, but the game I'm talking about is Fable 4. Yep. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about that yet. Part of me is excited, but part of me is also... uh, We finished up the trilogy, and the first three games really did an amazing job with closing up that story, if you ask me. So... Games Radar did a pretty cool little write-up of everything that they know so far. I pulled out some of the information. There's no release date. There's no, hey, we're announcing we're actually doing this. But two of the things that I pulled out were, one, uh, the game is now being developed by uh, Playground Games, which is the company that made Forza Horizon in that series, which is an odd company to make a game like this i don't know how it's going to look how it's going to play but we'll see um the previous company that did the other three was lion was it Lionsgate? i thought it was lionheart lionheart yes so i don't know uh i i do know the previous developer is uh, there's an article out there from them saying we were basically done with the story you know, it was a trilogy, so they're kind of on the fence about having a another game come into the mix. But they're not actually part of it anymore. They're not writing stories. It is strictly on this playground games. Well, and that's but, that's what was Lionhead. That's it. Lionhead. Lionhead. That was it. Yep. Had almost had it right. And because of the Fable games and because of a game that I actually really enjoyed uh, uh on pc which is um black and white black and white 2 um they were kind of that uh almost up there of 
Larian Studios, I would say, especially after they yeah. hit Fabled One. People are like, oh, I love this. This is so good. Um, and in my opinion, it kind of kept going a downturn of each Fable series. It's um, that kept increasing kind of the there was different aspects that didn't keep the magic that was um, Fable One. Uh, yeah, with two games. and three were definitely not number one. Yeah. Well, and then and then Lionhead was bought out by Microsoft. That didn't help. Didn't help. And then they were um, as of 2016. They um, shut them down and people yeah. thought, well, there goes Fable. That's it. Well, and it basically was. I mean, ultimately, Lionhead was the one that created the story for Fable. Yeah. I mean, they they created the magic that we found in that first game. And I, I do agree with you. The second one and third one, though good, they didn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. There was something about number one when you played it, uh, the, the, the decision making and the way it changed your character to just the exploration of the game. There was just something kind of magical about that game. Yeah. Number two almost felt like a complete depart from that. It really did. The The story continued, but something was just not right with that game. I, I liked it because of the story, but the gameplay itself and the mechanics was just completely off. Yeah. Uh, now, to me, when they made the third one, the third one kind of came back around to that. But at the same time, they introduced mechanics that I thought that wasn't oh didn't work. Yeah, it was they they tried to make something that I don't know, it just they should have stuck with their original. Yeah. If you would have stuck with the mechanics and just the gameplay style, it was unique. And that and that's why everybody loved Fable is they there was nothing like it at the time. Yeah. So yeah, they tried to change. They tried to change a good cookie that was uh, not needing to be changed. Right, right. Well, and and then you wonder with with Fable Four if they're going to try to return to the roots. How is it going to stack up to, especially now that we've got a a note of a remaster happening with uh, Kingdoms of Amalar, which is <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. a kind of a hidden a gem. It's a hidden gem. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Totally undersold, uh, just kind of lost to the to wins, but everybody that played it loved it. Um, I would say of those that said that it was just it hit all the RPG aspects. Very stereotypical, uh, not stereotypically, um, not uniquely, but it did it well, right? It wasn't right. it, it did. It was a good RPG, but um, it was what stood it out. But with that. How is Fable 4 going to fit into an area where we already have really strong RPGs? How is it going to make itself unique to these other games out there? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Like I said, there's not a lot out there on it right now. Um, really, the only other piece that I pulled out other than uh, just the, the developer changing. Uh, so this was based off of the leak that we got. Um, they said that they're going to be making massive changes um from the last three games that we've had to things like the mechanics functions of the gameplay um storyline 
Uh, and they said we could potentially even see things like time travel and that the game would be set across multiple different planets huh. uh, and not just Albion itself. That so, will be wild. It will be. Um, the, the little bit that I did see is that the main character lines that they had from the very first of the game, of course, have have come through and that the kind of the the progression of the story is that, that anyways, based on the leak, quote unquote, don't uh, don't hold me to this, is that these these main characters are now on a completely different world and potentially even a different time point because they've found some way to time travel. So who knows? Um, It may never even happen. Yeah, there was, well, and it's kind of, this is what we know exactly to be happening about Fable 4 is the very first line here have here from the rumors. It looks like Fable 4 is almost definitely happening. (laughs) (laughs) Almost definitely. Is is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can you have an almost, but a, so it definitely means it is absolutely happening and an almost means we're not really sure. Yeah, you're applying the definitely to the almost. So they they are 100% confirmed that we will maybe get this game. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with that one, guys. But um, I know... I loved the Fable series and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And when I saw this come out, I really wanted to uh, at least just kind of touch on it. So that was my contribution of games to this list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. uh, One that uh, one aspect of Fable 3 that I I do hope they bring to Fable 4 because it was actually a lot of fun was co-op. Had a good co-op oh, system. Yeah, yeah. It, it will. That was. I I would say it wasn't the best, but it was good. It was a good co-op system. It was fun too, and, and it was fun. You go out and play the worlds that you loved from Fable One to you know playing in the same world with another person. Yeah, that piece was fun. Yep. So we'll see. Completely different, yeah. and and I'm a little hesitant to see that a developer that works on car games. Car games. <laughs> that was the copy. I was like, "What for?" Okay, okay. Right, you make realistic looking. Yeah, yeah. I know you, you guys have been cr- making card games. Right, it's just a little bit different of a genre, there, guys. Just a little bit. No, it's actually Fable Four, the racing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Mario Kart, but uh, Fable, but Fable with weapons. That sounds atrocious. That would be so bad. <laughs> we should never be game idea developers. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Mm-mm. No, no, no. We'll, we'll stick to playing the games, not making the games. Okay. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, that finishes up our conferences and games talk. And now it's time for our upcoming film and TV section. Basically, upcoming films and things that we have uh, seen or heard of. And I think, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't really have a rhyme or reason for any of these. They just ones that stood out. Yeah. So, well, and, the, and the first one here is 
And Jurassic Park is in such a weird spot. Um, <laughs> from, you know, they had Jurassic World, which I thought was really good. I really enjoyed it. Did um, you like the second one? Not as much. I, it I, was weird. Yeah, it was. It was weird. That that's the best way to categorize it. It was weird in how the flow of the story went, what took place in it, um, where to go from there. Are we going to go all Planet of the Apes with the dinosaurs now? Is this what <laughs> right, we're going to happen? They're going to take over. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. It, for all this time, for all this period of time, we knew there was this handful of islands out there that had dinosaurs on them because somebody was able to crack the DNA code and create dinosaurs. So, well, I, if you go back to the original Jurassic Park, I mean, go, go back to the, the first book that was written. Oh, and I don't, did you, did you ever read the books? Uh-uh. Okay. So if, if you've never read the books and you've only watched the movies, the movies, the movies are great, but if you read the books, the books outdo the movies a hundredfold. And, and there is something special that came with the original Jurassic Park that Jurassic World was never able to capture. And it was that movie magic back in the 90s. There was just something that captured your attention that was just so over the top and out of this world. And Jurassic Park was one of those movies. The, the technology they had, the animatronics of the dinosaurs, the the actors that they found to bring in here. I mean, it was just kind of mind blowing and boggling. Yeah. But Jurassic World is lacking a lot of that. Though they've got good actors, the story is so bad. Which one? Which Jurassic World? Just Jurassic World. Oh, in general. Okay. Yeah. Just the first the first one's good. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing sci-fi movie. But it does not have that movie flair like the original Jurassic Park series did. There was a mystery yeah. that came with those first movies. Yeah. And this one, see, there was no mystery. There was no buildup. It's, hey, we're, we're back at the dinosaur park. Yeah. Great. Something's going to happen. People are going to die. And that was the movie. So it, it just lost that flair. Yeah. And now we're on our third one coming out same actors what are they going to do different other than oh park's been destroyed um they tried to bring dinosaurs to the city that didn't work either they had a dinosaur on a big ship that didn't work yeah um i mean they've just kind of outdone this whole storyline yeah but the reason i added it was because it is Jurassic Park and it's got Chris Pratt in it. Yep. It's got the the main characters. And this is really the reason I did edit. If you look at Jurassic Park, the original scientists and the original doctors that were part of it um, are in this mill. They're in this one. So they are basically cross-culturing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World two different eras. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's just, just where, where do they, where do they take, where do they take the story? I don't know. There is a trailer out for it, but 
I'm wondering, uh, is that that first look trailer concept? Yeah. Is that official? I believe that's an official. I believe there is an actual official trailer out there now. Like I said, I haven't watched it yet. The only reason I added this one is because I had heard the announcement that um, it had gotten a release date. The release date for it is June 11th of 2021. So just a little over, well, almost a year away. I have to see here. It looks like, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So we got an entire, almost exactly a year. Find out more about it. And I hope for the sake of Jurassic all of it, it does well. It, it redeems what was weird about uh, the second Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah, what was it, the name of that one? Jurassic. I don't even remember. Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. Something. Fallen Kingdom. There That's right. I, I don't know. The, the whole mix of them trying to auction off a dinosaur in some big mansion, that just kind of ruined the film. Yeah. <laughs> It was so odd. It was. It was. And guess what? They got out. Sorry, spoilers, but yeah. Oh, yep. I mean, it still made a crap ton of money. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, yep. and that's the thing. I mean, it's just a good sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, loud noises, lots of crazy, cool science fiction, good effects. Uh, it's going to make money. So. All right. Next one up is a <laughs> it's I'm a second it part to, it doesn't need to happen like i i don't know i i don't know how i feel about this one but it's space jam a new legacy and i kind of cringe when i say that too like the original it was a classic um it, it is a classic but to have it remade i don't i don't know that you can get that back and it's uh, it's going to have, oh, LeBron James. So in it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think we're in that era of uh, maybe over the last 10 years, Hollywood has done nothing but done remakes of things that they have already made. Yeah. So the, create, the creativity and writing uh, is just kind of gone out the window. Well, in some They're of those, really, the remakes are actually really good i'm not saying that the remakes aren't good i'm saying that the creativity to make something brand new that we've never seen is almost gone yeah i mean i think the last i mean this is my favorite movie of kind of the sci-fi genre anyways it's interstellar but the writing of that movie and we hadn't seen anything like it was really kind of one of the last movies that i saw that was just kind of a creative standout for a movie and it didn't have a remake. book it was based off of did it it didn't have a book it was just a good guys got together and wrote an amazing story yeah and that just doesn't happen a lot anymore yeah not not to not to discredit those that turn movies books into movies you no, know, and especially do them very well because some of those aragon out there that um they they don't give the book justice Right. Like this, it's I don't think it needs to exist. Just leave Space Jam, Space Jam 
that we can go back and watch and laugh at the, yeah the looney tune uh, you know, madness that takes place us us kids that grew up in the 90s when it came out guess what the kids of the 2000s let them go back and watch that movie they don't need a new one <laughs> and who, who knows May, maybe it might just be maybe good. it'll be good because who would have thunk that michael jordan was going to be in a cult classic movie like that right i i give you know let's see how lebron james does with looney tunes gang and whatever takes place storyline of this new space jam it may be the same exact storyline <laughs> maybe <laughs> same idea but hey you know what by the time it comes out my daughter will be old enough to fully enjoy that movie absolutely and i'll probably rent it that's cool all right next up is morbius probably the one i've most excited of your entire list here yeah i'm excited about morbius um the the character of morbius is is very mysterious in the marvel line and uh, if you guys don't know anything about him he is a doctor who is looking for a cure for a sickness that he has and um he kind of does some things that aren't really good but he's not really a bad guy either so he's kind of in that in that like i guess gray zone but uh the comics were always really good of morbius i like the storyline uh this is kind of how he became the movie's supposed to be about how he became this vampire superhero yep um so and some like rock star cast too oh my gosh and it's yes. funny, funny you said a doctor who and i was like doctor no it does actually have matt smith in there it does have Matt Smith. Whovians out yep. there. I was excited to see yep. that in the trailer. Uh, another big one, because I really enjoyed his portrayal of Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes second one with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Jared Harris. Jared Harris is an, a fantastic actor. Yep. I, I've thought, come to really enjoy his acting. It's got Mike and Keaton in it. J.K. Simmons. Uh, you, know, you got a lot of big people tyrese gibson and of course like the the main guy that will play morbius jared leto you know jared jared is one of those method actors that really takes on the role and just kind of jumps right into whatever the cast is needing him to do uh he's a pretty broad range actor uh, he's played some movies i don't care for but he's a good actor all right Big question. Jared Leto, Joker. Yes, no. For the for for the Joker that he played, he was fantastic. Yeah. OK. It was a different it was a different Joker, though. Yes. Um, most people were like, but it's not going to be the Heath Ledger Joker. It was never meant to be the Heath Ledger Joker. <laughs> you know, this was this was basically the crime syndicate Joker that was the street thug. You know, we we saw this Joker in more of like the detective series of Batman, not the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, the Dark Knight Joker was uh, like a mastermind criminal. I mean, he was psycho. Yep. 
yeah, of course. That's, that's the way I saw it too. Is is he was, it was a different Joker, and the Joker he did. I was like, okay, I can absolutely see the personality of Joker going that way. And he, yeah, did well. he did a fantastic job. And people were watching like, no, he didn't. He was horrible. And, okay, fine. I liked him. Well, I mean, you look at the three different Jokers we've had. Jared Leto yep. played the, the the street thug. He ran drugs. He had the bling. He had the gold teeth, the tattoos. I mean, he was basically just a crime crime syndicate lord. Yeah. You had Heath Ledger, who was this mastermind that was after for revenge. And then you had Jack Nicholson that played old school classic Joker. Yeah. You, you can't beat what Jack Nicholson did. Uh, if you compare it, I mean, there's really no comparison between the three. Right. I mean, it's different, different personalities of what the Joker could become. You have, like you said, the, the crime syndicate boss, the just wants to watch the world burn and is more of just <laughs> having fun with the world to his own sick, demented idea, um, having fun with Batman, right? Yeah. To the, to the you know, um, Jack Nicholson or uh, Joaquin, what's his name? The one that was just uh, played. What was his name? Oh, um, shoot. I don't remember. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But I can't, I can't, I can't think of his name. <laughs> I can't. It was Joaquin something. Joaquin Phoenix. There we go. Yes. So that was another one that was just a mentally unstable Joker. <laughs> yeah, um, he was he was a Looney Tune. Yeah, mentally unstable Joker that um, wanted to take revenge on the world. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, this and I had to go read up on Morbius. I knew of his. When you put it on the list, I had to go watch the trailer and I was like, oh, now I really want to see it. Um, and I really hope it's, it's connected to the spider-man universe or the marvel yeah. as a whole universe which i i hope it is but uh and then i found out it's being made by the same creators that did venom mm-hmm. the latest movie it, so it's like all right Mor- this is gonna be yeah, good morbius, yeah morbius is gonna be dark yeah um you know more like i said morbius is not a good guy but he's not ultimately a bad guy either anti-hero um, He's he's definitely an anti-hero. Um, he's got some really cool skills. Uh, like I said, you know, he's a he's a doctor. He's a scientist, honestly, but he's looking for a cure for a incurable disease that he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, the the cure is he turns into a vampire. vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. And we already uh, released have a date on this trailer one. out there for it, which I was excited to watch. Yeah, I think they've got a couple, couple of different variations of the trailer now. Uh, release date on this one is March 19th of 2021. So still got a little bit to wait on this one. Yep. And the last for our film section is actually Avatar 2. And, uh, <sighs> how do you feel about how do you feel about Avatar? I, I feel like so Avatar one being the 
number one movie money making movie of all time. Rightfully so it deserves it 100 percent. Because what was accomplished in that movie was just phenomenal. In that. um, I had the name, I went to say the name and the name just lost me. James Cameron. Yeah. Brought that world to life, created this world that had conflict was it was its own thing. Um, and there was resolution to it. We knew the end of it <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, there was some loose ends about what happened to humanity now that they were kinked Pandora. Um, what what happened to the rest of the Navi to rebuild, etc. But those can be left open after any story. I, I felt conclusion there and now coming out, I think he said he has Avatar up to Avatar 5 thought out. Yeah, which is bonkers. Just wow. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe the hype, maybe like there's there's a lot of weight on this next movie to be as good. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. I, I'm along the same lines as you because Avatar had closure at the end of the movie. Yeah. To me, it didn't. A fantastic story. Great closure. And James Cameron said, well, I want to do a trilogy. Well, that's morphed and changed over the last few years. He's basically trying to film Avatar 2 and 3 together. From the last interview that I heard with him. Um, that's been quite a few years back. So who knows really what we're going to end up getting, but I don't know. I think, I think this is another one of those cash cow moments. Maybe, you know, I, I, I think with the closure that we had, you leave that open to the, to the viewer, let them speculate what happened to the end of humanity if something did happen. Right. I don't know. I just, I'm not super excited about this one. Maybe I will be once it kind of comes around and there gets to be a little more hype about it and we get to see a trailer and what the story is going to be about. Mm-hmm. It could be freaking fantastic. But I think right now I'll just stick with my original avatar. <laughs> right. um, that was, I love that movie. That was one of those that, uh, you know, I can kind of go back and watch over and over again, and it and it's it's never old. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's hard to argue with how much money Avatar budget of two hundred thirty-seven million to create. Now, this was in two thousand nine, but then has made over its lifetime two point eight billion dollars. Yeah. For a movie. That's crazy. And I'm sure, just like any good story creator out there. James had a storyline to go on. Like, you know, if, in, if even in the resolution of your, of a trilogy, you want it to continue. You want to see that story unless it's so concrete, it's felt final. But even in the, you know, in most instances, you want it to continue. You want to continue to grow those characters. Absolutely. Well, and I'm mean, speaking to the choir because I know on. you write the books and have those. Exact <laughs> thought. I mean, we're going on 12 years. Uh, so my my concern is worry um, for for such a long distance between uh, a movie that we got. You know, how many rewrites, how many 
character developments from scratch are we talking about? How many how many moments of we had a plot, we had a storyline, we had this basically instead of a movie plot, he's doing a book plot. If he's going five out, then you are basically writing a book for story development, character development, plot development, uh, subplots. I mean, you you name it in these movies. They they're basically books in live action, especially on the big production like Avatar is. So, yeah, I think I think the worry with such a long time in between is what other projects does he have going on? How much time did he commit to this? Uh, where is the story going to take off? It's been twelve years since the last thing happened, and that we actually visually got to see something. Uh, is it going to pick right back up or? We're going to have to go do homework and find out where where things are at. I mean, there's there's quite a bit that could happen. Yeah. Could be. It could be something where, you know, we had Avatar 1, which is its own story, but then Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, as as you were saying, is is what we've seen come together like the Marvel Universe, where it's right. building up to something big, really big, that hits in Avatar 5. Yeah. Well, personally, I don't think that's going to happen, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, release date on Avatar 2 is December 17th of 2021. So we've still got a long ways to go before this one gets here. Long ways. Yeah. A lot of change can happen. So that wraps up uh, the film section. And next up is the upcoming sci-fi television series that are coming out. I'll be honest, the one you have on here, I've never actually gone to watch the film. Okay. You need to watch it. You (laughs) really do. It is so good. Um, Give it a chance. It's a little slow in the beginning. And uh, anyways, the the show we're talking about is Snowpiercer. If you guys have not seen the movie, it is a Chris Evans film. And it's a post-apocalyptic film that takes place on a train (laughs) literally you're on a train so basically the last bit of humanity is on this train traveling so check it out it's really good but new television series that's made off of the story the world and everything that happened in the movie they're now making a television series. The movie came out in 2013. So completely different actors. Uh, they're not using the people from the movie. But I think I think it's going to be good because they're going to continue to build on what they did with the movie. Is uh, who's which platform is it going to? That I do not know. I didn't see. I want to say this is. think it was a fox production i'm here premiered oh no oh. so uh just shows first episode 2020 the network is going to be tnt okay they've got six episodes that are going to be preview previewing. And it looks like the 
first one is going to come out July 5th. Wow. So right around the corner. Literally right around the corner. Not a ton of known actors in this one. Really, the big name is Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Outside of that, there's a few other actors that you'll probably uh, probably see small small parts in, but Jennifer Connelly was the one that stood out. But should be good. I did know about the next two, and actually, I'm super excited. Well, I should say, I didn't know a remake has taken place, but the the next one with Amazon's Lord of the Rings. I knew you just had to put that on there because I knew well, how excited you are about it. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, very excited about this one. So I, I hope they do it good. Um, if you guys don't know, Amazon's making a Lord of the Rings television series that's going to come out, and it's going to be set in the Age of Numenor. And if you didn't know, I'll be a little bit of a, a lore nerd. The Numenorians are preset to you know years and years it's like 3400 years it's a long period the Numenorean um, race actually came over into Middle Earth so if you look at uh, the ancestors of say Aragorn and that that kingship and that bloodline they were Numenorians so should be good. Do we? We don't even have a. We just have an air date of in twenty twenty one. Anticipated just air a, date. Yeah. Yep. Just a just an air date right now. Okay. Um, no, no idea of story other than it's going to be set in the period of the Second Age. And if you guys are wondering, the films for Lord of the Rings, and that era was Third Age. You said which age was this? Second? Second age. Second age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the end of Lord of the Rings Return of the King was the end of the third age. And Aragorn being crowned king was kind of the the kickstart moving into the fourth age. Got it. So Age of Numenor is a long time ago. I mean, we're talking thousands of years before. Aragorn ever stood up and became king. Now, does it predate Sauron? No. No. Oh, okay. Sauron is old. Yeah. Yeah. Very old. Then one that I've watched the most recent TV series of, uh, but didn't realize it's getting another remake or redo or however you want to call it, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, yeah, this is actually going to be the fourth in the franchise now. Didn't know we were up to four. I thought we were up to two. Oh, yep, we're on four. Yeah, ba- did you ever watch the original Battlestar? I did not. I watched the most recent remake of it that came out okay. in two thousand four and two thousand nine. So this one's technically not going to be a remake. It's going to be a continuation of the mythology and the lore of the story. Okay. Interesting. Oh, cool. I 
don't know if we've got an air date for this one. So the remake of Battlestar Galactica came out in 2004. With four seasons. Got it. Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. It definitely didn't have the flair and story that the 70s Battlestar Galactica did. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what that's what introduced it, right? That's what introduced everybody to yeah. Battlestar and that that universe and what take place in the Cylons and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, cool. I'll uh, keep that one on my radar. See how they do that. The next. Next continuation of the storyline or, or whatever mythology. Yeah, I was looking to see if they had an air date, but I don't see anything out here that shows when it's going to come out. But that was one I was super excited about. Cool. Cool. Personally, can't wait. Well, guys, that wraps up our chat for tonight. We hope you guys are doing amazing wherever you are. And we just want to say a big thank you to everyone of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for tuning in and enjoying our content. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for just reaching out. It means so much. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Always appreciate the feedback and support with the podcast. Uh, all of it. We're, we're just, uh, just a couple of geeks that like to talk about all things geekery. So with that, if you guys did enjoy this episode, you can be sure to subscribe to the All Thing Geekery podcast with any of your favorite podcasting apps. And also drop us a review out on iTunes or Spotify as those reviews do help podcast grow yeah and with that i think we forgot to mention something big that happened a few weeks ago is that we launched a brand new website called atg media network so yeah go out there check it out www.atgmedianetwork.com you guys can check out any of the latest episodes news things that are coming up you can drop a review right there on the website and that helps us grow. You can find us out on our social media sites. You can find me out on Twitter at xdetachedx. You can find Victus out there at VictusATG and swing by and check out our podcast site at the ATG cast. We list out anything that we've got going on. You'll see us post things for random life daily things that we got going on random chats and we also talk about when we're going live so absolutely and if you guys do want to tune in for live gaming content uh i do have a stream channel over on twitch.tv forward slash victus atg i attempt to stream every monday through friday starting 8 30 central standard time pending that work or real life uh comes up so I'd look to see you there. Yeah, and if you guys have any topics or any things that you guys want us to cover in a future episode, make sure you send us mail to podcastatg at gmail.com and we'll make sure we get those notes and anything that you guys want into future episodes. 
But with that, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome and we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>